0: Hello. Let's talk about expressive language, expressive speech, how that affects behavior, self-control, self-regulation for anybody of any age. We'll start with our kids and I'm thinking specifically of my son <laughs> when um he is uh, excited about something. So let's say that we were watching a movie as we were, uh, and he was really happy, excited. And it starts him to stem. His stem of choice is to um, make noises and to um, bump his hand to his mouth. Okay. It's, it was fairly harmless when he was really little, but now that he's approaching teenage, it just looks offsetting. I'm trying to help him realize that when he is with neurotypical peers out in the world, watching movies with people, that he just needs to be quieter. (laughs) I just don't believe in that letting him have full run of all of his stems anytime he wants in any circumstance, because I think that that will cause people to flee his presence, cause him to Um, uh, people will think less of him. And I I use some of that language when I'm trying to explain it to him, when I'm trying to talk it through with him, which really, you know, half the time that's just a waste of energy and oxygen. (laughs) So um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about about the the stemming. In in my case for John, it's bumping. Your child might have a different version of stemming, which may or may not be an activity or may or may not be noisy. If it's in the classroom, extraneous noise is not going to help him get into gen ed classes. That's always been a big focus of mine, and I think I think it's a focus of his too, in his heart of hearts. So, if any of our kids have a um, a lack of expressive language, and they um, it's going to also put a burden on behavior as an alternate, as a substitute tool for communication. So let's say our kids don't have the full run of all expressive language or they have vocabulary delays. Um, they're trying to catch up on all these things, right? They don't get all the nice stories. They don't read independently for pleasure. Um, they've spent a lot of time in therapy. And so they are not at a peer level with the vocabulary. So um, how do they... How do they use words to, the limited use of words they have, the limited vocabulary, how can we help them express what their choices are when behavior now is the main alternate assessment tool? Um, And what if they still struggle with their behavior, self-regulation, self-control? How does all that fit together? So I've got two pictures to share with you. The first one I've used before to um, try to explain language. So we have the receptive language, the auditory processing, and the expressive language. We've talked about that before. So we'll take that expressive language and borrow that piece just for tonight's purposes. All right. And then the next slide or the next picture I have here, y'all know Mr. Bean. Right. Uh, I, I spent a lot of years in London, in the UK, and Mr. Bean's just friggin famous over there. OK, he's he's just awesome. And if you watched uh, Monty Python, Blackadder. Um, oh, just so many things. A lot of the Brit movies, the um, romantic comedies that they have. Rowan Atkinson's everywhere, but he's brilliant. Just his physical humor is so funny. So my point in in pointing in, in mentioning this is have you ever heard him utter very many sentences but but he carries the whole movie. So when we talk about language we're not really talking about communication they're different. So what we want is joint attention and whatever tool our kids have to use or your colleague at work that maybe is a little bit more primal than you might want. And so (laughs) instead of great sentences, they revert to passive aggressive behavior or sad behavior or codependent behavior, just some kind of um, communication tool that's not the best. All right. So it could be that your spouse, God forbid, it could be the children that you work with, your teenagers, it could be the neighbor, it could be the dog. Anyway, so language being different than communication, and we're talking now the words that are on the slide or the picture with Mr. Bean's face. All right. So the intention for joy to tension, the intention, the intent to communicate is really what we want with our kids. So there's a list there of different types of communication that my son and I have used and other people have used. I've tried to collect some of the best ones. So certainly communication can be nonverbal, right? And usually we think of that as the body language. How might we also have emotions expressed? Um, it might be automatopia. You remember that beautiful word from grammar school? Automatopia is when you go um, plop or plunk where the word sounds like how it's spelled. So let's say that they want to express emotions and it could be a stem or a not stem, but it comes out with something that's not a word. It, I, I call it monkey noises, but it's, it's not very, that's not very intellectual, is it? I usually just save that phrase for when John and I are having a private conversation and I'm trying to get his attention. And I say, listen, buddy, this is not the zoo here, okay? I need your sentences. And those kids out there and the adults out there in the world, they want your sentences, the best sentences that you've got. So you might have to slow down. And you might have to figure out some way that that um, to, to choose your words, all right? I'm going to talk about something in a minute about when there's a lot of joy and a, a rush of adrenaline. But let's let's stick here with Mr. Bean while we're on it. Um, Back to the point here, forgive me, I got off task there. Um, We also might call upon facial expressions, right? Um, That's a beautiful prompt. I am constantly trying to use my eyes, facial expressions, any kind of body slang, you know, to help my kid pick up on messages because that's what kids are going to do. That's the confusion that kids have of developmental delay, right? Or if you're in the autism spectrum and your brain's not wired that way to pick up on the social nuances of the facial expressions, the body language, the the little things, the little micro expressions, right? You ever take a picture of a, of a, of a group of people and you take just one shot, one exposure of it? Well, depending on how many people you have in that picture, you've got a pretty good chance that somebody's going to have a micro expression that they're not going to want in that group photograph. When I take a group selfie of a group of people, depending on how many people are in that group, I'm going to go through that many plink, 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 plinks, that many clicks, so that we have a variety of micro, uh, a variety of collections of micro expressions from which to choose and then we try to do processes of illumination right so that we have the least ugliest picture (laughs) of everybody. I tell my friends I'll never post an ugly picture of you so that means I got to take a lot of exposure so to watch the facial expressions and this is what we're trying to teach our kids. It doesn't even have to be a learning difference kid it could be someone who spent way too much time in front of their screens or their phones or now since we're in this era of COVID-19 and self-quarantining, somebody who doesn't get out much and see other people. You know, well, today I spent an hour and a half at the grocery store for the pure joy of just being out. And I'm wearing my mask and I'm not touching anything with my hands. I got one hand in a glove and I'm trying to remember, let's see, which is my dirty hand and which is my clean hand. And then I realize it's utterly impossible not to cross-contaminate You know, if you're trying to open up one of those little plastic bags to put your fruit and veggies in. So um, shopping is still with hazards, but it was just so nice to get out. All right, got off track there again. Um, All right, so back to Mr. Bean. (laughs) Another way people can communicate is is laughing, right? You probably yourself have multiple kinds of laughter. And they all have a range from sarcastic to humorous to sad to uh, group to a variety of, 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 of things you're trying to communicate with your laughter or your, your grunts of discontent um, or your um, a little tiny uh, pain or whatever animal noises you choose to make. <laughs> um, signing, okay, that doesn't have expressive language, but oh my goodness, back in the day, you know, signing times, those DVDs, I hope that mom is blessed she, you know, the lady with all the little pieces of tape on her fingers, and she was trying to sign. Um, we did picture exchange. Did you do picture exchange? Alternate means any other kinds of communication style that wasn't exactly expressive language. But the, the point was that you were trying to share a thought. You were trying to share an activity. You were trying to share something back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, that's that's what I mean by um, uh, communication. All right, so. Um, And as our kids are struggling with um, understanding their emotions, which is going to affect their behavior, and we just talked about how it's going to be ever more important on their behavior if there's not words because what else are people looking at? They're looking at the body language. They're trying to figure out, or you, you're trying to work with your child. You're trying to pay attention. What is your child child trying to say? You want to help them operate within as much of their own in the flow, peace, joy, intrinsic motivation, as you possibly can. But without the, the, uh, the rich expressive language sentences and without a rich vocabulary, and then as they continue to learn about the nuances of all of their feelings and they grow into ever more peer awareness and ever more self-awareness, well then, yikes! We've got something going on here, right? Because these tools need to become ever more sophisticated, an ever more sophisticated relationship with alternate ways to communicate, um, to speak up, to self-advocate, to stand up for yourself, to 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 talk. But it's not always with beautiful sentences, with appropriate punctuation, right? So, what we uh, um, here's a tool that might be useful to you. When my son, as, back to again, to my example, we were watching one of the Harry Potter, we're doing a little, we are doing a little Harry Potter marathon this Memorial Day. We have a three day weekend here, and we're still doing most of our self quarantining. When my son hits a, a part in Harry Potter where they're all applauding Haggard, you know, Haggard comes back from uh, the prison, uh, or they're celebrating whatever, and, and he, he feels this flush of emotions. Well, you know what he'll do? He'll start taking his mouth and and, and, and popping his face with his hand, um, and it's a, we call it bumping. We have ever since he was in kindergarten. It just has a technical vocabulary to us, but it's one of his stems. So just pretend that your child is doing something with you all. There's a joy, it pushes adrenaline, it pushes a spike of, of wanting to do something, joy, and they'll hit their stem extra hard because that's their really strong neural pathway of communicating, all right? And so what I'm trying to help him is I'll say, John, that feeling is happiness. You're excited. You feel happy. So, and then I'll give him, give him a redirect of a different kind of behavior instead of whacking himself on in the the mouth with his hand. Um, So maybe a great big smile or clap your hands or, or, or I'm, you can't see me. So I'm doing a lot of bodily tools with him of just small ways that, people, again, not using language, but how do you express joy in communication using your body language? How do normal neurotypical people do it? So I'm trying to help him with his redirects that instead of doing something that's off-putting to instead substitute that feeling of that spike of happiness when he watches something and shares a moment of joy with someone, how can he behave in a more appropriate way given that he may not have the gumption or the neural pathway yet to say, Oh, that's so awesome. But but maybe someday I know we will, right? So the idea there is first you name it. So I'll say, John, that's joy. I won't say, John, that's introception. That's your body sensory integration of your feelings and your emotions hitting your body and you have a self-awareness of the moment. And so you're about to hit the behavior and, and you are in the um, and then we want to watch out for the consequence. So you you're in the antecedent stage right now, John, of introception. No, I'm not gonna say that, right? I won't get anywhere with that. But I'll say, John, that's joy. That's happiness. And then I'll put a boundary on it. We'll talk about, okay, John. Or here's another way. I'll say, John, that's called stemming. Or, you, John, you know that's bumping. You can go do that in your room. I don't tell him, I try not to tell him, you can't do that here. I try to redirect him in a more positive way. I say, John, that's happiness jump or clap your hands or, you know, make a happy face, something like that. So I'm trying to redirect him, whereas I'm putting a limit on it, putting a boundary on it, but not belittling him or making him feel shamed that he just did something he that other people wouldn't necessarily do. I realize I'm kind of dancing around a nuance here, but um, it's the idea of him knowing what it is so he can, can participate in what we call the antecedent stage. Oh, I'm getting this feeling. Oh, that must be happiness. I'm learning what these, these, old, these different feelings. I got sad. I got happy. I got scared. And now I need to get these other ones. I need to understand. What is envy? So as you're approaching, you're approaching teenage years from a um, developmental delay standpoint, envy and um, embarrassment and um, greed, and all these other pieces of emotions, there's such a wide range of them. How can he start to realize before he gets knee deep in it, when he's just starting to get to that feeling, that antecedent stage, that I'm about to have a full blast of a chemical, how can I act in a way, depending on who I'm with and what's going on? So we have all these layers of nuance, right? And, And depending on what you say to whom and what tone of voice, is it? Does it sound like a joke or does it sound like it's a cruel thing? Somebody falls down and it, it might seem to be a slapstick, but what if it's not slapstick humor movie that we're watching and instead it's somebody out on the street and they're sad and they're crying and he's laughing because he remembers when Mr. Bean did that and we all laughed. So that's that piece of generalizing. Um, we in, forgive me, fancy word, far transfer, near transfer, is that if if just every time somebody falls do I laugh? No, no. So what's the boundary we help our kids with? What's the limit on, on whatever we help them name? And I'm not afraid to talk with him about the stemming part. Um, um, some people may not think that that's great to talk about with their kids, but I'm going to uh, want him to understand Um, I'd like him to see what other people see. Uh, Just like when he writes and it's trash, it's garbage, it's rubbish. And I say, John, could you please read this back for me? (laughs) I don't get into dysgraphia with him, right? I say, John, they need to be able to understand what you're saying. Can, can you even read this? And no, he can't read his gibberish, right? It looks worse than hieroglyphics. He runs out of space because he doesn't have the spatial understanding of what a sentence, how much real estate that sentence is going to need. And so he gets to the end of the paper and either he either piles the letters on top of each other or he kind of like turns and goes down the page and around, and, which is fine. I'm glad he has a variety of reactions to it. But um, so uh, that, that, again, a different way of, of communication, whether we write Whether we speak, whether we use facial expressions, body language, um, do our kids understand what that emotion is that's driving that need to express themselves? And if we can help them understand that, you know what, that's going to affect behavior. So now we're back to the whole idea of when you can when you can talk and you can communicate um, whether it's expressive language or not, then it's going to it's going to affect your behavior for the best, for the good, toward the force, toward the light, because you're not going to be frustrated. You're going to be able to communicate what you want the first time and you're going to be a lot closer to fitting in and not being misunderstood. And not having to say it over and over and over and over, and nobody understands what you're saying, or they get the, they they say the wrong thing, and now you're extra frustrated because you don't have the tools to say no, stop, you're wrong. It's the it's the other way around. It's this over here, and and they don't have that sophistication. Maybe they don't have the expressive words. Again, a burden back on behavior, which they're already struggling with, right, and which already puts them even deeper in the in the hole. So, it's just, it's so powerful um, choice, what choice is, right? I was listening to a podcast by one of my favorite people, Carolyn Miss, M-Y-S-S, and she has done a TED Talk on the power of choice. And then with a Harry Potter movie that we were watching tonight, The Sorting Hat, you remember? It's in the second movie, Toward the End, where uh, Harry and uh, Dumbledore are talking, and Harry says, yeah, but you know, why didn't the sorting hat put me in Slithering? Why did it put me in Gryffindor? And you remember what Dumbledore said? It's because you asked it to. It was your choice, Harry. The thing that makes you different from Lord Voldemort are your choices. And so if our kids were trying to rise to higher ground with their choices, and how do they express their choices? Well, behavior words, facial expressions, body language, Morse code, Um, homing pigeons, how else, right? (laughs) And so then that rolls to behavior, which is a challenge, and then people prejudge them, right? They're very quick to judge an an erratic and odd behavior, erratic noises, um, not staying in sync, Not even counting bullying, not even counting the cruelty of people when they, you know, mock someone else. We're talking about if everybody's, you know, in the light, Luke, and using the force. Um, So extra challenges to our kids, right? They have just the, the same amount of power in their choices, probably even more so than we do with our neurotypical choices. And yet they still have to communicate that. So it, it needs it needs expressive language and or any of the other tools that help communicate that. And then it does roll the behavior, but we don't want it to go to the, the wrong side. We want them to have as many choices to communicate as many words toward expressive language to help them build the vocabulary. No matter if it's on an iPad or if it's signing or if it's... Um, uh, anything else that they would have, the micro expressions on their face, the patience that they have in their eyes, the smile that they have around um, in their face with or without their mouth, the sense, the opportunity to use humor for redirects, right? To fit into groups of people, for them to have a good adult life when we're not here anymore. I know I just went really deep on you there. (laughs) Um, But thank you for your time. Uh, it's, It's really more to think about then, then, then I'm telling you how to save the world. Um, it's a very powerful pile of tools. And what we really don't want to do is frustrate anybody any more than they already are frustrated. So pay attention carefully. Watch. Um, you know what TBRI says trust based relational intervention? What is the need behind the behavior? Well, what is the need to communicate behind the behavior? What is the need to communicate? How does that fit in with the the situation, the circumstances? How you know your child or how you know your colleague? Walk in their shoes, right? Take that little bit, a moment of extra kindness to slow down and read their tea leaves, if you can. What are they trying to get at? What is knowing them as you do, whether that's well or not well? Um. Think less about yourself and your agenda. Maybe more about them and their agenda. Help them. It was another good article I read today. Um, it was talking about um, the power of a, of a thank you note. And in the text of it, they talked about comparing the givers and the receivers. And they were speaking about how uh, the article was talking about how powerful that um, the outcome is to the ones who are the givers. It matters less in the moment to the givers. This article talks about how the givers care more about the long term. So when you're interacting with others, maybe it could matter less to you the immediate outcome in which you think you have to win. And maybe as a giver, even if it's just temporarily, you could care more about the longer term, which means you put them first instead of you. And maybe that's going to be the very best possible outcome. Because, you know, we so much affect those around us by what we have on our face, resting bitch face, right? Or how we react or how we use humor or the micro expressions on our face or the tone of our voice, right? You could say something to um, the same person, the exact same words, different tones of voice. It'll be an entirely different message, right? 180 degrees apart. So take a moment before we shoot off our mouths, try to walk in their shoes, try to think what they're trying to say. And maybe we can even ask the question to our young people or whoever's struggling with the expressive language that we think we conquer so well, right? We think we have such beautiful sentence structure. Um, The ability to, to use our fancy pants vocabulary. But we could even ask that extra two or three questions before we get pissed off. Where we say, oh, are you trying to say, and then repeat it back, right? The mirroring technique. Anyway, not, every, not everybody is going to have your brilliant vocabulary. Help them out, okay? You'll be happier for it. All right. Thanks for your time tonight. Peace be with us.